Welcome to TNT with Teresa Quinlan and Reese Thomas. We are friends from across the pond on a life evolution. We want to bring you topics that challenge your status quo, guests that help you think differently, and nuggets of wisdom that spark being. Being what? You. Authentic you. Today we're welcoming Frank Mengert, founder and creative visionary at EBM. Frank's been proving people wrong since he was a kid. A successful entrepreneur, nationally recognized speaker, podcast host, and thought leader. He's ignored the naysayers and his humble beginnings to build a life he's always wanted and inspire others to do the same through his infectious mantra, if I can, you can. After a devastating layoff in 2003 and with his life plan spiraling, Frank decided to bet on himself and turned his then side hustle into his main hustle, founding his first company. Five companies later, Frank is the founder and creative visionary of EBM, a leading provider of employee benefits technology solutions, an eternal optimist who always finds a way to see through the darkness and make the possibilities realities. Frank is driven by a desire to be better and to do more. Every day he focuses on three principles, learn something new, create something that didn't exist and share something with someone. Hey, welcome to TNT, Frankie baby. Thanks for having me on, I'm super excited. Long time fan, first time converser. Me and you have been in a few groups. We've had a lot of uh, interchange. You know, you've always been a good follower of the podcast. And we, I know Therese and I are both big fans of uh, all the video content you do. And mm-hmm. you know, just those 10 tips you did last week, it's just so great. You know, most people will charge, you know, a small fee or a, lar- a large fee for some of that great stuff you just gave away. And we just love that. So thanks so much for coming on the show. You bet. Yeah. Uh, honored to be here. Fantastic. So we're going to jump straight into you know your intro outlines your three principles that you focus on learning something new creating something that didn't exist and share something with someone and we often believe that there's a story behind everywhere we land in life so we'd love to hear how did you stumble upon this what it's done for you just share give us all the juice yeah, so uh, as much as I, I wish it was, I'm actually honored to to give credit where credit's due. I think we all learn stuff and come across stuff in our lives that just have an impact on us. So learn, create, and share is something that I try to live by that, and then we'll get into that in a second. But I learned that from a gentleman who is, is a content creator here on LinkedIn. It's, he's on YouTube. He runs a program called A Sales Guy. His name is Keenan very outgoing kind of guy, got my attention. I always have since forever say, Hey peeps, you know, like I use that all the time growing up and he's a, a, someone else who calls people peeps. And it was like, as soon as I saw one of his first videos and I was like, Oh man, this guy is like awesome. And he's you know really down to earth, kind of no nonsense and just started watching his content. I watched a random piece from I think before it was on his YouTube channel and he mentioned something that he talks to his children about, you know, learn, create, and share. And that was something that he talked to them in the morning about. And he dropped it in a video. I heard that. And I, to me, I like zoomed in on it and picked up on it. And I was like, I love this. He's probably around my age. I'm 43. So I think we're pretty close in age. His kids are, I have an eight-year-old daughter. I think they're around the same age or maybe a little older. And I'm like, Hey, if he's giving this advice to his children, I can learn from this as well. I try to use it every day. And I think it's sort of something that we can all do. 
a, a lot of my life, I felt like I, I was a taker. I didn't give. And it was a kind of me, me, me type mentality, always doing for Frank. I do it now without even thinking, but I, I went into this saying, I, I need to do these three things. And now I do these all the time. And it's just kind of part of my life. Yeah, I love that. I mean, the three things, learn, create, share. I'm very close to my heart as well. Very similar in that respect. You probably put your own little twist on it. And then you share that, you know, you're just, you're doing it, you're learning it, you're living it and repeat. So you mentioned your kids there. And I wanted to just bring that up first of all, because I know how important that is. And we're all parents. We all have this learning design. I know that you have a story of numerous businesses. They didn't always necessarily work, but you always learned something from it. You probably always shared that probably with them. And then you probably just created again on it. So what is it that drives you to, to be this kind of super positive, super go get them entrepreneur that just screams out of the video? Where, where does that come from? Where, where does passion come from that we see every day on the screen? I think our lives are really built around this perception of things. And we all see things, we see highlight reels of people's lives, you know, we see someone's chapter 20 when we're only on chapter one. We don't even realize it sometimes we're constantly comparing ourselves to stuff that we see. And, and if you spend time on social media, no matter what social media channel you're on, it's hard not to compare yourself to someone else and say, they look better, they have better things, they have a nice life, they do all this. And we don't, we only know what they're sharing. Everything that we share out there, we can share all the great stuff. And that's what people get to see. So it's very rarely do people share the bad things that happen and all the negative things and the tough times people go through. For me, a big thing that I like to, I like to give back. It feels really good that I get to give back something that someone else is trying to learn. They're trying to get somewhere and people need opportunities. I came from, I come from very humble beginnings, didn't have a lot of breaks in life and had to work really hard for a lot of the things that I have. And I'm grateful for it. It made me who I am today. But there's been people along my journey that have a nudge here, a nudge there, a little advice here, some advice there that have helped me get along the path. And, and, and if I can give back to someone and someone says, hey, Frank, you know, you said this two years ago and I took the advice and I started doing this and I started making little changes in my life and this happened. That's, that's like a huge win for me. Because it's, it's awesome to be able to give back to someone. And I, I do. I have an eight-year-old daughter. I have a terrible relationship with my father. My daughter doesn't even know him. And so eight years, I haven't talked to him. I have this fear. I want to be the best father that I can. Um, and I always feel like oh, I'm going to let my daughter down. So having that relationship with her is really important to me because I want my daughter to experience things in life. I want her to have a voice. Uh, to be able to think things and you know know okay I can do this or I can do that and if I fail it's okay that's fine how what do I learn from it and and how do I move forward and limit the failures but also know that it's okay if it's something doesn't work out. Parenting is awesome. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> most of the time. Most of the time it's pretty awesome. <laughs> Optimism is an EQ skill set that actually contributes to what we call innovation. And learning and creating is the dynamic duo for innovation. And so I'm curious to know for you how that eternal optimism piece plays into your capacity to learn, how willing you are to sort of stretch the boundaries of what you know and don't know. Uh, I've always been, I say that when I was a kid, I was always a tinkerer when I was younger, constantly tinkering. I'd, I'd love to see how things worked. I, I would take stuff apart and, and what, what's on the inside and, and more than just surface. A lot of the things we look at, again, back to perception, I, I didn't even mean to go back there, but we see things on the outside and 
we take it for face value. And, and I've always been someone who wants to dig in deeper and kind of scratch the surface a little bit or uncover. And, and a lot of times I'd take stuff apart and I couldn't put it back together. I'd have extra parts, but I, I had this curious mind as a child. And as I got older, I, that's still with me. I, I love to know more than what's beyond the surface of things. Uh, my background is IT. I have a degree in computer science and I've learned all throughout my career, especially in the IT field when I, I used to have an IT business, we used to have to do root cause analysis and go back to the beginning and find out like, okay, something's happening here, but the chances of it happening here are probably very slim. It's happened somewhere along the way and we have to find out where it happened. So for me, I've always had that in me and it's just played well and as a strength of mine all throughout my childhood and of course now into adulthood. Okay, so you've had a meteoric rise in the last 18 months or so. I remember when I first started watching your videos and you know, you're always documenting everything, you're always 100% heartfelt and true. But one thing you don't do or very rarely is talk about your business, talk about you, know, you don't sell stuff, you don't come on and you're not like you're not hawking a course, you're not trying to sell something like that. But what you do resonates with so many people that obviously it has a ripple effect. But one of the other things that you don't talk about and it's a subject that we've talked a bit about on the show in the last few episodes is about, you know, that service to others. And I know that the charity work that you do, the Cystic Fibrosis Association is something that's very important to you. And I just wanted to know where that desire to be that service, to make that difference, because, you know, that's something that comes across in your videos. You're just all about giving free, inspiring, which, you know, I resonate with and I know Teresa does. So <laughs> same question as last time. Where's that passion come from? Because <laughs> yeah. earlier you said you were a taker. Was there some sort of thing that happened that you went from taker to giver? So looking at the, the cystic fibrosis thing in general, yeah, that was kind of a moment in my life, I think, where I had a change. And a lot of people, I think, you know, if you talk to different people, it's like your first, you know, zero to 21 or whatever it is, is kind of like this certain part of your life. And then after it's like you experience other things and a lot of things that happen in that first stage of your life put you in a different trajectory in your life. So for me, a lot of things happened, of course, in my, in my zero, that zero to 21 phase, but I was probably 35, maybe. So this was about seven, eight years ago. I went to a event for cystic fibrosis that I was invited to. A buddy of mine was nominated for something uh, in our area called New Haven's Finest. We're from New Haven County, and it was nominated as a finest professional. So I went there to support him, and it was like food and drinks and people hanging out. So I'm like, yeah, sure, let's go have fun. And it was, it was that. It was great. People getting along, having conversations, and did you know awards and things like that. And everyone was sitting down and I was sort of in the back and they put on a video on this huge screen in front. They put on a video of two young kids, a brother and a sister. And they were probably, I don't know, six or seven years old, maybe even younger. It was like a three minute video, but a day in the life of these kids. And they were loving life. They have CF, born, got CF. They're, they have these packs. They have to go through breathing every day. They're on medicines. And they, you couldn't tell they didn't care to them. It didn't exist to anyone looking out. It's like, Oh, you know, you feel pity or whatever it is to them. They're like, I'm loving life. I'm living life. And this is something that I've learned to live with. It's not going to get me down. You know, they talked about what they wanted to be when they grow up and all these things that normal seven and eight year olds talk about. So I was sitting there in the audience and I was just like, like bus hit me. And I'm like, I felt like, so like the taker, 
I feel like, what am I doing to give back to people? I made a decision that I wanted to start giving back. And, and I knew I couldn't give to everything. You know, there's some people like, oh, they're involved in like 10 different nonprofits and you stretch yourself thin. You can only really give yourself to certain things. So, so I give to CF has, has been all in for me. Uh, I was nominated for New Haven's Finest. I'm a co-chair for an event that they have. I sit on the board for cystic fibrosis. So over the years now, just kind of worked my way into the foundation. And that for me has helped me. I used to be not very empathetic. It's one of my low strengths. I did a Gallup Strengths Finder. Empathy was like 35. It was at the bottom. And I realized I want to be more empathetic. And I feel like over the years, I've put a good effort into it. Now I realize that there's a lot more to life than the things I'm, you know, that are just in my immediate circle. And I can, I can make an impact, maybe not the biggest impact in the world, but an impact nonetheless. It seems you went like all in to make it, yeah. like I'm on the board and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. You know, a lot of people will have that experience and it resonates with them. It hits them. A four minute video can be extremely powerful. I mean, Hallmark commercial is 30 mm -hmm. seconds. Yeah. It gets me in tears most of the time. And so to be able to act on the resonance is sometimes the difference for people is I will act, I won't act. Mm -hmm. And underneath there is something within us that makes that difference. So what was it for you that made you act? It feels, like I said earlier, it feels good to give back for me, not with knowing what's in it for me mentality. Like, I feel like maybe I probably would have had that mentality years ago and been like, okay, if I do this, what are you going to do for me? Now it's just, again, it's a sort of me and who I am. If someone reaches out to me, like, you know, LinkedIn, for example, so many people hit me up and they'll ask me a question or something. And when I give them a response or I send them a voice message back and explain to them like, Hey, I'm going to send you a voice message and explain it. Cause I think you'll understand it better. Or I, I record my screen and show them something and send them the video. They're like over the top. It's like what I did for them. And for me, it's like, it just took me like 90 seconds to do this for you. I'm just doing it just to, because you asked and I, and I want to help. So that's just something small, but a lot of things we can do, make little changes in, in, in people's lives. And I've seen that happen firsthand. My work with CF has been, I mean, we're literally saving lives now. I've seen so much happen in seven years with, with the advances that people are living longer and it's awesome. Other things that we do in life, I feel like attitude of gratitude and being thankful for what you have. Uh, if we can all recognize that, and just give a little more of ourselves, I think the world would just be a, a better place. True. So you mentioned empathy, you mentioned gratitude. And then if I'm looking correctly, there's a little sign at the back of the room that says, prove them wrong. Yes. <laughs> you can all appreciate that. I also see that, you know, there's always a Banksy picture or three or five in, in all your videos. Everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. What's the connection there? Just a big fan or is spray painting a guy from back in the day or graffiti? No. <laughs> if, I did, if I did, it would have been an epic fail because I'm so not artistic at all. You'd have learned from it, right? Stick figures and stuff. Um, <laughs> the whole persona around Banksy and kind of the elusive, you know, who he is and you know what he is and what he stands for. You know, some of the nonverbal communication type thing with me. Yeah, sort of Banksy's the same way with some of the things that, that show up mysteriously on, on walls and, and, and through the graffiti and expression. Uh, so I'm just attracted to that. That's, and the, the prove them wrong 
my mentality. I feel like I've been proving people wrong since I was a kid, you know, ignoring what people say and people tell you, you're, you're not going to do this. You can't do that. If you get into that mentality and listen, I probably would have failed a lot more. <laughs> Growth mindset, positive psychology, passion and purpose. as all things that we see from you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us a bit about your company, like EBM, the work that you're doing? I started the company 2012. Really, it's an HR technology firm. So we work with insurance brokers, carriers, consultants, and we provide the technology to enroll in employee benefits. So they're medical, dental, vision, all those things. So we work with large companies and we're automating things uh, for them, compliance, and, and really putting time back into busy HR professionals' days. Usually we have someone we're working with and they are managing four or 500 employees or thousands of employees, and they're very short-staffed, and they're you know, trying to get a lot of things done, and managing the, the benefits is obviously a big part of that. We help automate a lot of that. And so when you started your company, and we're hearing and learning quite a bit about you, like using words like learn, create, share, empathy, gratitude, prove people wrong, helpful, give back. What's your company philosophy? It's just a, a commitment for us to, to the client service model to give a better experience around employee benefits. With a lot of the folks that we work with, there are options out there. And a lot of times you know, we have this internal philosophy around technology regret because a lot of times people will get technology systems. It doesn't do what they expect. So, so really for us, it's delivering what we promised and being committed to that client experience for our team. And that's really what we're known for. We're not the biggest company, but we built a pretty good brand and we hold our own against some really big competitors. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. So again, the helping hand coming through in, in everything that you do, just sort of unconsciously giving. I want to ask you about your podcast because I know that there's been a few iterations of it. First one, I watched it. A lot of it was a bit over my head. There was a bit, the industry guys, wasn't it? That was the first sort of set. And then you swapped it up. We love doing the podcast. We get so much out of it. It's such, such an exciting, learning, gratifying experience. We don't really care if anyone's listening because we have so much fun doing it. <laughs> well, we appreciate our we listeners. Do, we do appreciate it. How have you found that? You've probably been doing about a similar time as we have. What have you learned from that experience? When I got into this, I'm I'm in the insurance industry, even though I'm in the technology, there's a lot of silos in insurance and employee benefits. The thing is, is that you look around our industry and it's it's not a secret. It's an industry filled with older white men. That's our industry. It's kind of a shame. When you you go to a conference, when you look around and you talk to people, and in my head, I'm like, man, there's no diversity here at all. There's no younger people. There's no people of any color. So I wanted to create awareness around the insurance industry because I love it. And for me, I got into it, you know, in my mid thirties, I I never thought I would be in insurance. And what I wanted to do is just create awareness around the industry that it could be for everyone. What I did was I reached out to a bunch of people that I really had a lot of respect for in the industry. And I started to interview them and have them on the show and really talk about why they got interested in insurance, what prompted them, what their background is, what they do on a day-to-day basis, you know, what drives them. And, and that's how the show started. And I was doing them all live. I used to, before pre-COVID, I was on a plane, you know, a couple times a month. So I would just try to, you know, okay, where am I going? Who's going to be 
there. Can I get a, a little bit of a video with you? And, and not everyone wants to be on video. You know? So it's like, I got to convince them to be on video too and whip out this camera. So that's how it started. And then it sort of evolved. I had people's attention and how can I get into, you know, next level? And then I just started interviewing more entrepreneurs and other people and who have done something, been somewhere, copped out of it and are doing something different. And, and hopefully someone sees it and can relate to that person that I interview and, and learn something from them and their backstory and kind of say, okay, well, if they can do it, I can do it too. The motto, mm. that's the <laughs> motto. If I can, you can. Yeah. yeah. It's, just so it's so incredible because it implies that you operate in a space of I'm not better than or inadequate to anyone. And neither are you, unless you believe that you are. Mm. What you just said is just really important because you see it all the time. People will be humble in the beginning. You're trying to grow and you're trying to establish yourself. And then people get somewhere in life and they forget about all the people and they forget to send the elevator back down. And, and they're like, ah, take the stairs, pal. You know, I'm up here. See you later. And that happens a lot. People do that. People forget where they came from. And the good thing coming from nothing is that if, if I ever have to go back, I know exactly what it feels like. Cool. So you talked about the company, your philosophy on things. I don't know how big your company is, but I'm imagining there's, there's a few people there. And I wanted to touch on your leadership style and how that's evolved through the various companies you've started and, and built up and, and what you've learned, you know, to go right back full circle to you know, what you've learned and what you share as the leader you are today compared to, you know, where you started and how you help create the next leaders in, in your business and in your industry. EBM is my most successful company by far. EBM, now we have over 40 people that work for me nationwide. It's a big responsibility. I remember when I first started the company, you have a few people working for you. And I've learned a lot. I always haven't been this great leader. A lot that I've learned over time, you start to build yourself up internally. Like I said, it's okay. You make a mistake. How do you learn from that? And I think also I'm very open to admitting that I'm not perfect. I don't want to be perfect. I'm going to make mistakes. And I think any good leader if you're putting that out there, that perfection is almost unattainable in most anything that you do, you don't want your team to think that everything has to be perfect either, or that I make a mistake and I own it. One of our core values is own it. And that is so important because if I do make a mistake or something, hey, I'm human just like you. The problem is that as a leader, we have a lot of people watching us. So I've got a whole team of people that watch what Frank does. And I know that when I do something that impacts everyone on the team. So I need to, of course, be very aware of that. And I've also built a great team of people that help me run the company. And I like to think that I'm setting the right example. Leadership starts at the top. And if you got poor leadership uh, and you're doing bad things, people are going to look up and say, look, Frank doesn't do anything that he's not living up to the core values or he doesn't care what happens or he doesn't care about the team. I'm very passionate. I mean, I've cried in front of my teams time and time again. I'm not afraid to be emotional with them. And I know they show up for work and they're helping me build my dream. It's all me at the end of the day, but I'm nothing without the team. Everyone knows that no matter how long they've been working for the company. So if I want to run into battle and I want to make sure that I don't have to look back and know that my team's behind me. I better be sure that they can trust me and they know that if I bust through the door, that I know what's behind that door and, and, and how are we going to get out of there if we need to. So I think a great leader 
if they want people to be following them, there can't be any type of mentality ever of I'm too good for that. I was employee number one, and I used to do all the things that the teams are doing now, but I used to do it all on my own. I know what it's like. I'm not afraid to try to get into things. And and even though I have the right people now in the right seats doing things, and thankfully I'm not in there, I'll, I'll do anything. I have a whatever it takes mentality. We hire by our core values. We use a tool called the people analyzer, where we want to make sure they're living up to our core values. And we believe that we find those people I feel like anyone on our team, if I ask them to do something, they're going to chip in no matter what it is. And that's a good feeling for me is knowing that what can I do to help that they have that mentality like, okay, well, what do we need to do? How can I chip in? There we go again. How can I help? Recurring theme throughout everything. All right. We're getting to that time now. It's time for that hashtag. Not anymore. You've given us loads of great tips. You know, we started off with three perfect ones there that people could go and start making difference with. If there's one thing that that you really would like the listeners to go from start thinking about something to actually doing something differently or being something differently? Is there anything that you wanted to leave our our listeners with today as a golden nugget? I would say success. To me, 10 years ago, probably 15, I mean, all growing up when I was in my 20s, success was a lot of the material things. What people had, you know, cars and flashy things and, and all this stuff. And when you get to have things in life, the money and stuff, that doesn't make you happy. You can live a great life and have money. Don't look at success. I would say anyone tuning in, don't measure success by the amount of money that you have. Success is not all about the material things. It's when you strip it all away and what's left and who is left. Those are things you can't replace. Very true. Thank you for that great tip. If anyone doesn't know how to follow you or get in touch with you or connect with you, How can our listeners find out more about Frank? LinkedIn is where I'm most active, or you can search the hashtag Frankie baby. Everything is my, my name, Frank Mangert. You Google search me, you'll, you'll find me pretty much everywhere. Awesome. All right. So now comes the fun bit at the end, the rapid fire Q and a that today we're re-christening five questions for Frank. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. (laughs) All right. Number one. Which emotion catches you off guard most often? Oh, wow, these are deep. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I, uh, which emotion captures me off guard? The empathy. I'm an emotional guy, so I'm always pretty much in a good mood and things like that. So I, I think it's, I would say empathy. Okay. And what do you do to regulate that emotion in the moment if you feel like, oh, I need to be more empathetic. What do you do? What's a little Frankie tip that you employ yourself? I've been consciously trying to practice being more empathetic. So hitting the pause button on yourself really quick and just imagining yourself inside of that person and what they're going through and what the experience is. And even though it's, it's sometimes really hard to do, that is for me what I need to do. I'm like, okay, what are they experiencing? How are they feeling? How, how am I making them feel right now at this very moment? So it's just kind of getting into their shoes as much as possible. Just in case people aren't watching, but are listening, I want to give them the visual of how they do that, that you express while you Think of yourself floating out of your body and into the other person's body. That was a great physical manifestation of how can I do that? I think if people put that in their mind's eye, then going pause, and then how do I get there? Just float out, drop yourself right in. Imagine what that's like. (laughs) 
so cool. All right, so this is the big one. Number three, what's next in your personal evolution? Ooh, well, I'll tell you, every day I, I'm trying to be a better version of myself. That is a philosophy of mine for sure. Again, it happens naturally, but I just want to get better. At the end of the day, am I a better person than I was this morning? And what have I done to make myself a better person and also leave an impact on the world? When I do that, I attract people to my tribe. When you put out good vibes into the atmosphere, people see it and you'll attract great people. And I think together we'll all start to do awesome stuff. And, and, and it's like this ripple or halo effect where small little changes, increments, you don't need to change yourself. And I'm, I'm gonna be this person when I wake up and at the end of the day, I'm gonna you know, be this totally new person. It's not realistic, but if you make small changes and you look back and when I look back at my life and I'm like two years ago, three years ago, and I'm like, wow. And people who I haven't seen are like, oh man, I just, it's crazy how, how far you've come. And, and, and I think that's what we need to do. We can't measure ourselves short term. It's a journey. Perfect. All right. So when your best friend is having a meltdown, what do you say to them? <laughs> It'll pass. It'll get over it. Yeah. <laughs> Even myself. And I'm like, okay, this isn't going to last forever. We will get through this. Cool. And in this moment, what are you most looking forward to or most hopeful for? Right now in this moment, I'm looking forward to this episode getting released. Um, <laughs> anyone who's watching this can tell if you look back at my facial expressions probably over the past you know, 40 minutes. This is exciting. I love doing this. I, you've asked some great questions. I know before we went live, I, I said being a guest on someone's show is always awesome because people pull stuff out of you that I wouldn't have normally talked about. Um, so this has been just really awesome for me. Great experience. So, so that's, I'm, I'm just excited for this. Well, we're, we're also excited. Uh, it's been a great, great episode. I really appreciate you sharing yourself and being completely honest and, and being vulnerable. It's great to see, you know, a little glimpse of Frankie baby behind the curtain. Yes. Thank <laughs> you so much. I just love that, that that's the name that we use for you. I just, <laughs> and I want to say thank you as well, because, you know, there are things that you shared in here that are critical to a life well lived and that kind of giving back of sharing an experience of, bits and pieces of your own evolution and saying, look, I wasn't, and now I am because I'm working on it. And there is opportunity. I truly believe that Reese and I are both going to hang up and we'll be better people having spent the 45 minutes with you as well. And the people listening when the episode comes out, will hit the end button, subscribe, rate, or review, and then also be a better person having listened to it. Because when we share those elements of our story and of our learning as you practice on a regular basis, we give an opportunity for other people to go, mm, that's interesting, I'm gonna try that. And it ripple impacts for them as well. So thank you so much for sharing. Thanks for listening to this episode of TNT. Please share, subscribe, rate and review. And when you're ready for your personal evolution, check out Reese at trueselfcoaching.com. And for your emotional intelligence revolution, check out Teresa at IQEQTQ.com.